pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. it's coming and it's not going to be pretty it's great to have storable food but when that runs out what are you going to do your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food so i've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years and off the bat almost all seed companies are the same as long as they're non-gmo heirloom yada yada but it's the following years that really concern me so I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds, is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says, your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So Go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT, and get ready because we're going to need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT, saves you 10%. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home, 
We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier. understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. 
The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly while your parents were asleep. Now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm so they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemn oath they've sworn. And now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore, and then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died, or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. Running through the strange light, chasing all them green lights, throwing up the shade for a little bit of sunshine. Hit me with them good vibes, pictures on my phone lights, everything is so fine. Little bit of sunshine. Yeah, crazy lately, I'm confirming, trying to rob myself a summon. You just trying to get a word, and life is not fair. I've been working on my tunnel vision, trying to get a new prescription, taking swings and even missing, but I don't care. I'm dancing more, just a little bit. Get rid of it, smile a little more and I'm into it Honestly, man, lately I've been running through this 
another episode of freedom gardens number 42 i'm sorry 43 cycles you're at the beginning of a new cycle no matter where you are february is the most important month in your garden i didn't know that last year when i started my garden i know it now so in my quest for organization and constant research and trying to grow all my own food, grow all of our food. I found out that February is the most important month. So I already started planting. Unfortunately, Heather couldn't make it today. She had some things to take care of at home. Um, Aunt Olivia had a, uh, a pretty bad stroke. Her cancer numbers are coming down, but she had a pretty bad stroke. She is uh, not long for this world. So Heather's been doing her best to take care of her and work at the same time and take care of everybody else in her life. And uh, I unfortunately had to take my car back from her for a while because Connor's car is in the shop. So we've all been struggling. But that's okay. It's an opportunity to do other things. So get things in order. So I've been planting. I planted all day yesterday, planted out the entire West garden, the pepper garden. It's uh, for now. Anyway, next month I'll plant more. And as things grow and we pick them and we'll plant other things in their place. And I have a ton of ideas for the East garden now. I just need to get it fenced so the chickens can't get in there because they're all over it. But, uh, yeah, I didn't do as much cooking with Liam this week. Not that I didn't cook. I just didn't really get a chance to cook with Liam. We made some iced tea. The West Garden's perfect wicks, but the East Garden needs to be fenced the way we did the West Garden. Although I'm thinking about using the chicken wire on the top level um, instead of the heavy fencing. So you're welcome to come over and help me sometime this week if you want. But... uh why is my camera off? Like my audio is off from my camera. Hold on one second. I know you guys can still hear me. I'm waiting on my camera to catch up. Hopefully. There we go. 
little trick. So anyway, um, I did get quite a bit done this week as well. So let's get into that. What's growing? We'll talk about why February is the most, most important month. And uh, I found a, a cool new short podcast. I really, well, gardening thing on YouTube. Um, I really like this girl. So let's, uh, but let's start with what's in the gardens. And I know, nope, it's not there. It's going to be today's date. Come on. Here it is. So the other day, I was kind of stressing about what to make for dinner, right? I had protein, but I didn't really have any vegetables to put it on. And I was like, you know, nothing's grown yet. It's It was just, I don't know kind of stressed in a little bit. That's okay. So uh, I texted Connor. He was at work and I was like, hey, go and grab some potatoes on your way home. And, uh, and then I went outside and he was alerting at something in the pond. I figured it was either the gator or the ducks, hopefully not the gator going after the ducks. It wasn't, they're fine. And for some reason I looked down and I saw this. This random giant head of lettuce just pop up. So I'm gonna go pick it. We're gonna eat it for dinner. That's some good lettuce there. Don't know how it got there, but hey, it's all good. That was so big. It actually made eight meals. It's hard to see because I was about five feet, six feet above it when I took that video. Eight meals. I, I didn't even plant that. Like, must have been a seed that flew out of my hand. It's right next to the compost box in the dog's backyard. So random, but God provides. So I wanted to share that with you. Things grow everywhere. It's amazing. And I need to replace the electroculture in the West Garden. That's another project of mine this week. So um, I'm making these. So I made myself some electroculture antennas yesterday. Well, that one was already done on the left. But these two, it's wood with, it's either too heavy or too crooked to ship. So uh, yeah, I have to tongue oil those two and I'm going to go plant this one right now. Which I didn't actually get to do because things happen. You know, I was like, oh, right now. And then on my way to right now, I ended up doing eight other things and I never got to right now. Doesn't that suck? Anyway, so in my quest for organization, I made my chart for the month. Hello, friends. So in my hope for organization, I uh, updated my planting schedule up here. Projects, we're still building the fence. We've got to redo the antennas in the pepper garden, redo the pattern in the east garden clean the back area, make antennas, and then inside stuff. So January planting, I got almost everything done. Snow peas and sugar peas, um, kind of planted. I still have some more of those to do though. And then uh, the rosemary, I have to plant yet. Tomatoes, I have some going inside. Onions, I planted bunching onions, but I've got to plant regular onions. Still need to do parsley and parsnips. But it's just the first week of January. So February here, 
I got a lot done yesterday. Now, artichokes. I don't have seeds for artichokes. Maybe I can find them in a nursery. I have a lot of asparagus ready. I have a lot of beets planted already, although I may plant more. Same thing with the bell peppers. I have broccoli planted already, although I may plant more. I planted Brussels sprout seeds yesterday, cabbage seeds, and I'm excited that I get to plant melons, but I need to plant, put space for them. So, uh, carrots I need to do, chili peppers I need to start inside, chives, cilantro, collards I held off on, coriander I need to do, more eggplant, endive, fennel, I got bok choy yesterday, um, garlic I have planted already, a lot of it, honeydew melons I need to plant, kale, leeks, lemon balm, marrow, mustard greens I held off on yesterday. I did plant kohlrabi and a whole bunch of lettuce yesterday. Like I said, I planted the bunching onions, I need to replant oregano, parsley, more peas and more potatoes, more radishes, rhubarb, which I don't think I have rhubarb seeds, more melons, more rosemary. I planted spinach yesterday, more peppers. I planted a ton of Swiss chard yesterday, and then thyme, start more tomatoes, turnips, yams, and I planted some zucchini yesterday. So moving right along, I'm getting there. February is the most important month to get your garden started. What you do now sets this tone for the rest of the year. So let's go check it out. So, organization, seriously, I'm, I'm trying to, to make lists and stay organized in a way that is, that works for me. That's, that's very visual, that, um, keeps me on track. So this is what I did yesterday. Hello, Freedom Gardeners. Today is Friday, February 2nd, and I finished planting out mostly the pepper garden. So, of course I did the broccoli and the cauliflower the other week, last week, and I planted the salad greens in between. You can just see them starting to sprout there. So today I planted bunching onions in these holes right here, in these slots of these wood things. I planted kohlrabi in between the peppers literally in between the peppers. We'll see how it does. And then I put the cages around the peppers again because I kept knocking into them. So I like caging my peppers and my peppers like being caged. I did a row of celery in front of the peppers and then a row of golden acre cabbage here in front of this uh, big pole that I still turn into an electrical antenna. Uh, and in between the Carolina Reaper that's right there and then past it and then I did a row of Swiss chard and then spinach and then red oak leaf lettuce and then green ice lettuce and then there's also another four oh I did a row of uh, bok choy actually bok choy in front of the cabbage so it was golden acre cabbage bok choy then Swiss chard spinach and then red oak leaf lettuce, and then the green ice lettuce. I'm trying to grow as a head back here. So in between these peppers, we have green ice lettuce seeds. And then here, right in this space, I've got, again, five rows, um, the green ice lettuce, but all together. So as a loose leaf, loose leaf lettuce, the red oak lettuce, um, spinach, and Swiss chard. 
I haven't planted that space yet or that because I'm redoing this electroculture. And then I planted cucumbers down the front here. Of course, there's peas on this side that should be sprouting any day. Peas going all the way around the back should be sprouting any day. So uh, yeah, I got a lot of planting done today. I also hung my hoses, my uh, drip hoses. So we'll see how they do. Of course, I'm gonna water everything in right now, but then I'll test that and see how it goes. I held off on planting collard greens and mustard greens because meh, we don't really like them. Why plant what you're not gonna eat? So that's that for today. Successful day. And in this space right here um, that I said I didn't plant out, I actually ended up planting Brussels sprouts in there. So right the spot that I'm covering up right now with my own face. I Brussels sprouts in there. And then along the, um, the chicken fence, the chicken run fence, the one that Wix and Heather helped me put up when the neighbor across the street bitched me out. Uh, along the back side of that, I planted zucchini. So hopefully that'll just climb up the fence or climb around out there. That would be awesome, actually, because uh, I'm really hoping to get a lot of zucchini this year. You know, zucchini can be really, really successful or not. And to date for me, it's been not. Hopefully, I'm hoping it does better this year. So anyway, here's moving on to the back area that I need to clean my upcoming project. So cleaning this back area is one of the things on my list. And it needs to be done really soon because I think I'm going to plant melons back here. So, and I think what I'll do is make a, uh, a little bed out of these pallets, fill it with some of this leaf mulch and dirt, and then just plant melons and let the melons come out from inside these, since it's got the open holes. But I need to clear all this out. So I need to get in here. I'm gonna cut back a lot of these azaleas here and that big tree in there. Um, cut back a lot of these trees. Of course, I can use them for antennas. And uh, clear out all this. Weed whacker coming up. And plant melons back here, because why not? I think it's a good space. It'll get lots of water, both from when we purge the pool, which is a saltwater pool, and uh, from the pond right here. So this is moving up on my priority list of things to do because I need to get those melons planted this month, which means I need to get this cleaned and cleared this month. Yeah, so that whole area I think is gonna be melons and potentially mushrooms. I'll probably put some logs around that back fence area there um, and uh, drill into them and put mushroom spores in there, cover it with some paraffin wax and let the mushrooms grow out. So I grow a mushroom garden back there. So that's my my plan for that. And I need to do that soon because I really, really want melons this year. I did not, I planted them too late last year. I planted them in April. It was way too late. It was way too hot here. Didn't work. So anyway, moving on. Strawberry beds here are doing okay. Of course, not as much as coming up in this one without the electroculture as in this one with the electroculture. 
I think all my garlic is gone from there. But I see some garlic scapes coming up in here, as well as these strawberries that are going crazy. I think those are beets or turnips coming up in there too. So I can see how these beds have gone down. Uh, eventually I'll need to build them back up again. But for now, the strawberries, we will have lots and lots of strawberries here in a month or two. So that's good. Now, when I first filled those beds, the soil came up to the top of the fabric. If you guys remember going back, um, because the bottom layer I planted was all logs, leaf mulch, that kind of thing. So as it's decomposed, obviously the whole, the soil has fallen. Um, but I don't want to replant the strawberries in there, right? I don't want to have to pull them to build up the bed. So we'll leave them for now. And then maybe next year I'll pull the strawberries and, um, put them in the back area and build those beds back up and then plant something else in there, cycle them out. But for now, they're going to be just a ton of strawberries and turnips and beets and garlic and whatever else I can get in there. So the potatoes, my potatoes, I see them starting to crest up in here again. Need to put some more dirt on that. This good heavy dirt. See, there's a little potato leaf in there, but otherwise this good dirt has kept the, uh, the other potatoes down and growing underneath, which is excellent. So I need to put some more dirt on there and then we'll eat. We'll have potatoes here in a couple months. Potatoes are doing well. I'm excited for, and I've got to plant more potatoes. I think the next round I'm going to do is going to be in buckets and bags because I have a ton of them. So why not? Um, because I hate digging for potatoes. I also have potatoes in that I'm using the leaf mulch, leaf mulch method on in uh, some of the big planter boxes that I built, both in the back area and out in the chicken area. So I haven't seen them crest up yet. So I'm just leaving them alone for now. Hopefully they're growing. I guess we'll find out. On to the back. All right, moving on to the back. Most of this lemongrass did not survive the freeze. I've got to pull it, cut it, cut it back, replant it in other places. We'll see how it does. These beets are actually coming up nicely. We'll have beets here in a bit. And then same thing with that lemongrass. Some of that survived, most of it didn't. That kale is good. These strawberries are good. These beets as well are doing okay. They need water. Yeah, they need water. Uh, strawberries, strawberries galore. These are all strawberries, all coming down through here. Tons of strawberries. I cut back the lime tree all the way here, you see? So it'll regrow. It'll regrow fast and big. I still haven't cut back that rosemary, but that's okay. We'll get there eventually. So there's a lot I can do back here while it's fallow after I clean it. Cut back some of these trees too. But this is a bit lower on my priority list. So. Although that is the one place that I got watermelons to grow last year. So, um, 
but when I grow squash and melons back there, I mean, it takes up the whole space. So we'll see. Maybe I'll do it in the front. So these zinnias are dead, which is fine. I mean, they're annuals. But I'm almost thinking that I can plant some melons in here and let them cascade all the way down there. Why not? There's other stuff in here, obviously. Some aloe, etc. I can throw some melon seeds right in the front and just let them go down. Heck, why not? Because there's plenty of room over there. And then Mick won't have to mow it. And we'll really piss off the neighbors across the street. That'd be awesome. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to throw some melon seeds in there and uh, let them go. See how they grow. Why not? Already has an electroculture antenna in there. So that'll be fun. We'll see how it goes. Uh, moving back into the main gardens. My leaf mulch method worked exceptionally well. You see all the garlic scapes already coming up over here. Peas popping up over there. Strawberries all down the side. I just planted some salad greens. No, I'm sorry, I planted um, turnips, radishes, and beets in the center and threw some leaf mulch on them. And then I hung the hoses in here too so that it has its own drip system. Um, but uh, I might have to do this in more places through the winter, like in the West Garden. Pile it up with leaf mulch. It's loose enough that the plants can come up through it, but keeps it warm so they grow faster. And this particular garden has no electroculture. So leaf mulch, I like it. So I can clean my yard, throw it in my gardens and um, keep the beds warm and then as the leaf mulch leaf mulch just decomposes it it literally turns into soil right it feeds the plants more so i'm gonna throw all kinds of things in the garden i threw a bunch of coffee in there the other day i've got a bunch of wood ash that i need to throw down and then probably put some leaf mulch on top of that so now that the west garden is planted out and i'm basically just i'm leaving it alone now after i finish changing out the electroculture and plant out the center bed. I'm going to leave it alone. So, but that'll be my next step. I'm going to put uh, wood ash down and then leaf mulch on top of it and then just let everything grow and leave it for 40 days. See how it goes. So and my plans for the East garden. Now this garden is fallow, but as I'm done planting this, as soon as I change out the electroculture in here, which will only take me a day, I'm going to move on to here. I do need to secure this up more. Need to get more chicken wire and put it over up around the outside and the top so that the birds can't get to it because they do love to get to it. That's okay. And my phone died. There we go. All right. My camera went blank there. I need a new phone. Oh, well. So the issue I have in this garden is that it tends to flood, especially right here. So I had an idea. I have some of these longer, deeper pots over here. 
I think I'm gonna put them along the outside edge here and put the tomatoes in them and then build up the inside with these blocks because I'm redoing this whole thing. Put them inside and uh, work it that way. So hopefully I will get into this garden this week. That would be really nice, but we shall see. Again, I need to fix the fencing on this. Very much need to fix the fencing on this. So, so the chickens can stay out, but we'll get there. I need to take that whole thing apart. Um, the trellises will stay uh, and the beds along the edges will stay, but I need to take down all of the, all of this here all of these trellises, all of these stakes that have essentially been drying, I'm going to turn into electroculture antennas um, and uh, take these, these blocks out. The ones in the back will stay, but these concrete blocks will come out and I will essentially reset that entire bed and then redesign the electroculture in there. And um, so basically I'm going to fence it, clean it, like take everything out of it except for the chalices plant around the chalices then reset the electroculture pattern in there and then plant out the rest of the garden so um hopefully i'll start at least pulling the stuff out of there we're getting to the fencing by the end of this week because it's supposed to rain tomorrow and monday so that kind of makes it rough um I lose a whole day. On the other hand, I don't have to go to my mom's this week. So, cause I finished painting her laundry room. So that does make it a little easier, but uh, yeah. So I'll spend a day resetting the electroculture in the West garden and then filling it with wet ash and leaf mulch and whatnot. And then a day clearing out the East garden and um, hopefully putting up some of the upper level of fencing there and then we'll we'll start working on that so we'll see but the day that it rains on monday i am going to start planting new seeds tomato seeds specifically especially those really nice uh rare tomato seeds that i got from survival essentials i'm really excited about those so i'm going to plant those out um plant some peppers that i don't have some of the hot peppers that didn't make it last year or uh, whatever, just didn't come up. Um, melon, zucchini, things like that, you have to plant in the ground. That's just how that goes. So uh, they don't like to be transplanted. But anything that could be transplanted, I'm going to start planting on Monday. And everything, you know, seedlings do great with the little 12-inch electroculture antennas the little miniature ones. Um, so I have a, a new promotion for February because did you know that it's a leap year this year? I didn't realize that. So at electrofreedom.com, if you spend $50, not including shipping, met $50 on antennas, use promo code leap at checkout and get a free six pack of 12 inch green thumb antennas to start your seedlings. So 
you do have to add it to the cart, the six pack of antennas, and then use promo code LEAP, and it takes it off of that. So again, spend $50 at electrofreedom.com, add a six pack of 12 inch antennas to your cart, use promo code LEAP, and you get that six pack of 12 inch antennas for free. So, and that works with any product, any combination of products. Um, you can get a, a six foot antenna for 50 bucks and get a, a six pack of 12 inch antennas for free. Or you can, you know, get a couple smaller items, get some laundry detergent, whatever it is, adds up to $50. And then uh, you, again, add the 12 pack of, or the six pack of uh, 12 inch antennas, use promo code LEAP at checkout and you get the antennas for free, the six inch, the six pack of 12 inch antennas for free just for the month of February. So I'll run a new promotion in March, probably with the Mick because it's March. So anyway, um, let's get into why February is the most important month. Because spring. So. There we go. What's growing on, gardeners? It's Sunday, January 28th, and it is a shockingly gorgeous winter afternoon here on the southeastern coast of North Carolina. It may feel like spring is a million miles away, but on today's video, I'm going to share with you exactly why February, yes, February is the most important month in all of gardening. So if you're at all thinking about starting a vegetable garden this year, let your spring begin right now. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe and hit the bell to receive new video notifications and check out our Amazon store and Spreadshop links in the video description for everything I use in my garden and awesome custom designed apparel and other gear. Your support is greatly appreciated. In order to be a successful gardener, you have to be a seer. The current conditions in our garden right now are irrelevant. To be a great gardener, you have to constantly look six to eight weeks into the future. Those are the conditions that we are most concerned about right now. And that is exactly why February is the most important month in all of gardening here in the Northern Hemisphere. And by the way, for the folks watching this in the Southern Hemisphere, your February equivalent would be August. That is your primetime gardening month. Reason number one why February is the most important month in gardening is because this is when we are going to sow most of our seeds. The ground unthaws in the overwhelming majority of the United States during February. So if you're growing any root crops like carrots, beets, radishes, turnips. Now in February is when you're going to at some point sow those seeds. Also, if you're going to plant any frost tolerant but heat sensitive vegetables out into your garden like lettuce or brassicas, you generally have to get them in at some point in February because those plants can tolerate a frost but they don't like the heat. The heat stresses them out and causes them to bolt and go to seed. So most of us are going to need to harvest those crops in May or June before it gets too hot. And of course, February is going to be when we start our favorite warm season transplants indoors. Things like tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, basil, 
These things take about six to eight weeks to grow into mature transplants. So they also need germination time. So by the time you place that seed into a seed tray, it's probably not going to be ready to go out into your garden for about eight weeks. Most of us in the United States will be transplanting our warm weather vegetables out into our garden sometime between April 1st and May 1st. So if you want those crops to be ready as full-size mature transplants to go out into your garden, you are going to want to start those seeds indoors probably at some point in the month of February. Reason number two why February is the most important month in all of gardening is because now is when we are going to get and plant most of our bare root fruit trees. Big box stores like Home Depot, Lowe's, etc., are going to start getting their dormant deciduous fruit trees in at this time of the year. And if you're like me and you mail order most of your fruit trees bare root, you are going to start receiving them probably pretty soon. Now the best time to plant fruit trees that are dormant and bare root besides the fall is actually in the spring right after the ground falls. And for most of us that is going to be in February. That's because we want to plant those trees before they wake up when they're not undergoing any kind of stress. That way they will wake up in ground exactly where they want to be for them to take off. If you wait for these fruit trees to wake up, they will go through a period of transplant shock and that can slow them down. So when you plant them in early spring or late winter, when the ground is warm enough finally, they will take off and immediately start rooting in the ground unaware of the transplant shock. And that is how you can get a nice big jump start in the season. So if you're like me and you ordered new fruit trees, make sure you get them in ground in February, provided your ground has thawed by then. One additional caveat, some websites won't ship fruit trees until later into the month of February. So if you're under a delayed shipping because of where you live and say you don't get your fruit trees until March, just plant them as soon as you get them. Don't stress out because you didn't get them in the ground in February. They will still arrive dormant. So just do the best that you can, work with the shipper's schedule, and once you get it, as long as your ground is unthawed, just get it in the ground in the right position as soon as you can before the fruit trees wake up. Reason number three why February is the most important month in all of gardening is it is your last chance to order seeds and fruit trees for the new year. Believe it or not, online websites start stocking bare root fruit trees and new seeds for the new season as early as November, often around Thanksgiving. And me personally, I order all of my seeds and fruit trees by Christmas in order to get the best selection possible. If you haven't ordered your seeds and fruit trees yet for the new season, you are running out of time and a lot of items may be out of stock by now, especially the new hottest and most popular varieties. So if you haven't done that yet, please use this as a motivator to get up and start looking at some of your favorite websites to order seeds and fruit trees. I've put together a list of all different nurseries that I've purchased from or that I know are reputable companies to give you all a good place to start. One Green World, Just Fruits and Exotics, Bay Laurel Nursery, Edible Landscaping, Cummins Nursery, Burnt Ridge Nursery, Stark Brothers, Logies, Restoring Eden, Four Winds Growers, Peaceful Heritage Nursery, Bottoms Nursery, Plant Me Green, Plantogram, Bob Wells Nursery, Raintree Nursery, Willis Orchard Company, 
Trees of Antiquity, and my go-to source of citrus trees, which is McKenzie Farms in Scranton, South Carolina. With Stan McKenzie, you'll have to place your order over the phone, but he is my go-to guy for citrus. And please, this is not an exhaustive list. This is everything that I could come up with brainstorming, so I apologize to any of the great nurseries out there that I may have overlooked or that I'm not aware of, but this should give you a really good place to start. If you'd like to know where I like ordering seed, my favorite places to order seed are Victory Seeds, Baker Creek, Southern Exposure, Tomato Growers, Territorial Seed, and I've also had good luck ordering from Burpee and Wild Boar Farms. However, if you'd like to support some fellow YouTubers, you can also buy seed from Haas Tools, MI Gardener, and I'm sure there are countless other great companies out there that you can support. Reason number four why February is... Of course, we get our seeds from Survival Essentials, survival-essentials.com. Use promo code DEFIANT and save 10% is the most important month in all of gardening is now is the prime time to prune our deciduous fruit trees. Now, the reasons why we have to prune our deciduous fruit trees are twofold. Number one, we want to control the size because we don't want giant trees in our backyard. And number two, we want to increase fruit production. And in order to increase fruit production, you want to tip your deciduous fruit trees, which just means to basically cut off the growth tips at calculated points. You have to understand that fruit trees, it's not in their nature to fruit as heavily as possible. Rather, they only need to produce as much fruit as possible to feel that they reproduced adequately for the new season. But most of their energy naturally is going to grow up into vigor, which means you're going to get mediocre production on huge trees if you don't adequately prune them. So by cutting them back each season, you will not only have a smaller tree, but a more productive tree. So you will have a tree that takes up a smaller footprint in your yard and actually gives you more fruit out of the deal. Now that we are in peak winter, it is ultimately the best time of the year to prune our deciduous fruit trees like apples, peaches, persimmons, figs, plums, etc., etc., etc. That's because the trees are in total dormancy right now. There's very limited sap flow to the branches. So cutting them effectively is very low to no stress. If you wait for the sap flow to return and for the trees to start budding, if you prune them then, it's basically the surgical equivalent to uh, performing surgery on somebody not on anesthesia. When you do it like this and they're fully dormant, it's like performing surgery on a person that's knocked out and nice and calm. So it's a lot lower stress and the recovery will happen much more quickly with far fewer downsides. So now that we're right in the beginning of February, you will be surprised how quickly these fruit trees will start waking up. So don't miss that opportunity to prune them all when they are in peak dormancy. And if you have any questions about pruning various species of fruit trees, I will link down into the video description a playlist where I've archived and organized all all of the different pruning tutorials that I have made over the years. And the fifth reason why February is the most important month in all of gardening is now is the time to amend our garden beds if we haven't already done so. That is because most soil amendments will take a few weeks, up to a month, maybe even a little bit more if they're organic, to break down. So generally speaking, you want to amend your garden soil after it has thawed, immediately after it is thawed. That way you give yourself a solid four to six weeks for whatever you amend the garden soil with to break down. And those amendments can be like kitchen scraps that you bury underneath the garden soil. It could be things like alfalfa pellets, 
azomite, any kind of organic fertilizer precursors that you may want to mix in, and of course, compost. You want that to sit on the soil for a little bit. Also things like chicken manure, horse manure, cow manure, any kind of manure that you have access to. If you want to mix that in with your soil, you need to give that time to break down. You can't put hot, fresh manure in the soil if you already have plants growing in it. You could burn up things and you also have a contamination risk that you have to be concerned about. You don't want manure anywhere in contact with your food if it is raw. So keep all of these things in mind. Now over the years I have made many videos where I've showed you how to rehabilitate and re-nutrify and reinvigorate existing garden beds, whether they are raised beds like mine, container gardens, or uh, just earth beds. And I will make sure to link down in the video description a few videos of interest that will help you if you've never done that before. And that right there is why February is the most important month in all of gardening. If you wait until it is officially spring to start your garden, you are already too late. You need to begin your garden at least six to eight weeks early and look into the future. If you haven't done any of these things on this list yet, I strongly recommend you use this video as motivation to get going and let spring begin today. If you follow through, I promise you, you will not regret it come the actual spring and into the summer when you're having those wonderful harvests. So everybody, I sure hope you found this video helpful. If you did, please make sure. Did find that video helpful. Now I've already pruned my fruit trees, which most of my fruit trees are citrus trees. I have a couple of figs. Um, but my orange trees, which I have to put in the ground as well. And I think now that my pond doesn't flood, um, I think I'm going to put them over on the, the side yard, my two orange trees that have been in pots for two years. I have some lemon trees as well. Um, and I've actually germinated some lemon seeds that I'm going to be planting this week. So in smaller pots. So we'll see how that goes. I have some grapefruit seeds that I germinated last year that I've been, I've got in those long rooting pots. Um, so uh, those I'll probably maybe put in different pots, transplant them, just move things around. We'll see. So, but uh, trees, time to prune, prune your trees because now is the time to start gardening right now in February. It's the most important month. Sets the tone for the whole year. Again, I made the mistake last year of really starting my gardens in April, like April 1st. And it was way too late, way too late. Like eight weeks too late. So now that I'm starting in February, my first harvest, I mean, lettuces, turnips, beets, turnips are really quick. Uh, radishes, that kind of thing. Actually, radishes are really quick. Turnips, turnips, beets, lettuces, even cucumbers. I'll start harvesting in eight weeks. Hopefully zucchini too. And then with succession planting, right? You plant something new every week um, or every two weeks, then I will continually harvest throughout the year in cycles. So right now I, I planted my winter gardens my lettuces, my brassicas, so broccoli, cauliflower, that kind of thing. I had already started broccoli and cauliflower seeds much earlier, 10 weeks ago. So those went in the ground and my broccoli is just starting to sprout with broccoli now, which is awesome. So, um, 
and you saw, of course, garlic takes eight months to grow, but you saw that stuff starting to grow in the duck enclosure, the old duck, what I call the duck garden. Um, the peas will be climbing up there very soon. And then uh, I'll start working on the east garden. But I my plan is to get that planted out by the end of February. So it's a lot of work, but it's so rewarding. I can't even begin to tell you guys. So rewarding. Not just growing and eating your own food, but being out in the yard, being out in the gardens, being out in nature. Friday, when I planted yesterday, I mean, that was the best day I've had in a long time because I spent the whole day in the gardens. It threw off my whole schedule and I ended up having to stay up really late, but it was really the best day I've had in a long time. I love being in the gardens. It's just amazing. So everything's rough right now, but uh, there are ways to make it better. So grow your own food. It's really important because they're coming after the food supply. I know you guys know that the farmers in Europe right now are protesting like crazy. I heard they just shut down the roads around uh, a major airport in Germany. And the shelves in a lot of places in Europe are bare. No farmers, no food. No farmers, no food. The protests are coming here next. They're trying to shut down your food supply. But if you can walk out to your garden and pick your dinner, you won't have to worry about it. You'll save so much money, especially if you do it right. And uh, you'll lose weight. You'll be healthier. You'll be happier. I promise. So here is that uh, the other video that I found that this girl that I really love. So check this out. This is uh, 11 Great Depression Era Habits Coming Back Into Style, Frugal Skills for Economic Downturn. Hey guys, welcome back. Recently, I've just been on kind of a trip of watching interviews from people telling their stories from the Great Depression era. If you haven't checked them out already, there are a ton of really cool interviews sitting down from Great Depression era survivors. And it's a lot of advice that I think is just more and more valuable as time goes on and less and less available. So make sure to check out some of those videos if you haven't already. But today I am going to go over just kind of a compilation of roughly 11 Great Depression era habits and skills that I have been starting to implement myself. Uh, they bring me more joy, but also they save a lot of money. And I do think that as time goes on, these skills are gonna become more and more valuable. So one of the first things I noticed that a lot of Great Depression era families did was make their own bread. And not just make their own bread, but they made pretty much a loaf a day, at least depending on how big the family was. So the first tip is gonna be make a daily loaf of fresh bread. Not only is it a lot cheaper than store-bought bread, it's also a lot better tasting. And I found it helps give inspiration for other dishes. So usually we'll just kind of snack on the first half of the loaf. And then we're left with about half of a loaf that can either serve as sandwiches the next day, or oftentimes if it's going stale, we can chop it up. But out of that, we can make bread pudding. We can make breakfast casseroles. We can make obviously things like meatloaf and meatballs with breadcrumbs. So just having kind of half a loaf of bread laying around does inspire a lot of 
more frugal dishes. And to me, it's a lot easier than just having a bazillion recipes on the internet that I have to narrow down. If I have half a loaf of bread that I have to use, I get a lot of good dish inspiration that way. I I use a bread maker, which really makes it a lot easier for me to do it every single day. If I have to make it by hand, it, it doesn't happen every day so much. So sourdough is probably the most economical option, which you can use sourdough in a bread maker as well. But lately I've been a little behind on my sourdough. So I've just been using yeast and doing a regular loaf of bread in this bread maker. And I love this bread maker. So I'll link it for you below, but you can do it however you want. And I'm going to interrupt her here. I'm probably going to interrupt each one, actually. Um, I don't have a bread maker, so I make my bread by hand. It's actually super easy. And we've done a cooking with Liam where I showed you guys the, the bread maker or how we make bread. Um, I try and do a loaf a day if possible, if we need it. But it is harder to do when you make it by hand. It's a good routine to set the bread to rise either in the morning, first thing in the morning, and then bake it at night, or set it to rise at night and bake it first thing in the morning. But, you know, either way, it does not take that long if you do just a quick artisan bread in a Dutch oven. But, but she's right. Make your own bread. I'll let her keep going. Habit number two is to save everything. There was one woman I remember mentioning that her mom would even save like the little strings that came on packaging. I think in today's society, we have gotten so used to just throwing things away when they're inconvenient or when they are a little bit broken or I mean, even when they're too dirty, people throw things away now. So watching these interviews has really helped me shift my mindset to more the mindset of saving things instead of just throwing away cardboard boxes. We've been using them to make areas for new gardens, which I'll go into in a bit. Things like yogurt containers I've been saving and planting little plants in, which saves a lot of money instead of buying pots and buying those seed starting containers on the internet or at a garden store. Really, if you save things, you'll be amazed how much money you can save compared to the prices that stores are going to charge you for basically the exact same thing. If you guys have any ideas for things that you save and you are able to repurpose into new useful and money-saving things, please leave a comment below because I am all for all those ideas right now. That brings me... And you guys know I save everything, right? One of my favorite things to save is um, milk jugs. Cut them in half, poke some holes in the bottom, throw some soil in there, plant lettuce seeds, plant... I mean, you can plant any, anything in there. Um, you can uh, tape it up and set it outside and use it as like a its own little greenhouse, little miniature greenhouse. Um, that's another thing I'll be doing this week is getting all those set, hopefully. But uh, I also bigger things. I turned the kid's old wooden dresser into the potato bed that you see. And then another one into a bookshelf, into an herb bed. Um, I save everything in order to support the chicken wire around the East garden, I'm actually going to use uh, the wire panels from the closets that we don't use. They're too flimsy to hold anything like they're stupid, but they're a great height and they'll work great to support up that chicken wire. So save everything. Reusing everything is so important. made a number three, which is to grow a garden. Growing your own food was absolutely imperative during the Great Depression. I know one woman mentioned that 
a lot of the farmers weren't hit quite as hard as people in the cities because they were just able to grow their own food. And she mentioned living in a tiny house with dozens of kids from the city who came to live with them because that was pretty much the only place that they could get food. So that's an amazing sense of community in the first place. But it does go to show that even the people who lived in suburbs and cities tended to grow gardens and grow food. They would also forage for food, things like dandelion greens in the spring. But what it all comes down to is just not necessarily going to the store and buying all your ingredients, but being self-sufficient. So we live in Wisconsin. Obviously, it's not very warm a lot of the year here, but there are still so many things that we can grow for food. And we do. And we absolutely love it. Plus, I mean, again, it all tastes better if you grew it yourself. If there was a secret ingredient that you could add to a dish to instantly make it taste like 50% better, of course we would all do that, right? And to me, that ingredient is just growing at least a few of the ingredients yourself. It really makes a big difference. This is a little tangent, but I think one of the sadder things about today is that People have been so duped into thinking that they have to buy so much stuff to do anything, thinking they have to buy everything to start a garden uh, because people have lost those skills of knowing how to cultivate soil and knowing how to fertilize naturally. So if you have started a garden and it has been way too expensive, you are not alone, but that is not the only way to do it. All you have to do is learn how to do it, how people during the Great Depression were doing it and for many years before that amazingly, people actually grew food before there were garden centers, which is crazy, right? It is very possible. I have way cut my gardening budget over the years just by learning these skills. So don't lose hope if that's you. Number four. Of course, you guys know this whole show is about growing your own food. However, she's right. Um, you know, I, I need more compost. I need more soil. And I was really, really tempted to call the local landscape supply company and see if they could deliver me three yards of compost. And then I thought, why? It just takes more work. I just need to dig out the chicken enclosure and mix that with some soil from down the road or down on the side yard and some wood ash and some coffee and throw an electroculture antenna in there. I have compost bins all over the place. I need to empty them and start new ones, turn them and use that. I don't need to buy compost when I have soil and electroculture right here. So anyway. For on that note is to keep backyard chickens. Backyard chickens are one of the most incredible money savers. They can be a money sink too. If you've watched my channel before, you know I talk all about how they can be a money sink and how to avoid that. So I have some other videos on that. But know that backyard chickens are one of the best ways to have your own protein. You can have fresh meat and fresh eggs. Although if you live in an area like us during the winter, they're going to require feed. Depending on your breed and how many eggs you want during the summer, you might have to feed them some chicken feed then too. But again, it's all about learning those skills of how did people used to take care of chickens before there were necessarily feed stores. It's a lot of learning, but it can be done. I'm a firm believer that chickens are the number one animal for being more self-sufficient. They really can have a very low startup cost and they can provide you so much in the form of not only meat and eggs, but fertilizer for your garden as well. And weed control too, fun fact. Number five is- And mental therapy. The chickens are amazing. 
it's to buy food and cook in bulk. So the more of any given ingredient that you buy at one time, the more cost effective it is going to be. So from listening to these videos about Great Depression era survivors, one of the main things that I learned is a lot of people ate the same thing over and over. And, you know, part of it was because that was the most cost effective dish to have. But also it's because that was what was most available and probably buying in bulk was more cost effective than trying to buy little bits and tons of different ingredients at once. So a lot of the dishes people made had only two, three, four ingredients in them and they would mix it up as best they could. But it really goes to show that the more ingredients you buy, the more expensive a dish is. So if you can buy in bulk and you can stretch those ingredients a long way, it is just going to be a lot more cost effective. Number six is to get organized. I don't know about you, but for me, I have found that the more stuff that I have, the more disorganized I tend to be. So it's okay to have less stuff. It's okay to, I guess, narrow down what you don't need. But also this idea really just comes from taking really good care of the things that you have. And I guess I'm speaking mostly for myself here. Taking really good care of the things that I have is something I'm learning to do. Keeping everything really organized, going through those shelves, making sure that everything is not only where it needs to be, but also that I'm familiar with everything in the house. I know where everything is. I know exactly what we have. That's the goal anyway, because it's amazing how many things, at least I know that I buy that I end up finding later that I already had. And it's an extra bummer when I find out that something I bought, I could have used, but it's now expired. So a huge part of it is just getting organized and knowing exactly what is in the house at this time. Fortunately, that costs $0. Going off of what I talked about before, number seven is just to fix it. Instead of throwing it away, fix it. Instead of seeing it as an opportunity to upgrade, fix it. You know, people are so used to just throwing something away or giving something away when it's inconvenient. Think about it this way. If you decide to fix or repair something or reuse something or upcycle something, if you decide, if you decide to do that instead of throwing it away, not only assuming you're successful, which doesn't always happen, but not only do you get the solution to the problem you had, but you also gain valuable experience, which you can use in the future. So right now we have a stinking riding lawnmower that we bought used off of Facebook marketplace. Wasn't the best decision. That thing has broken like four times. I do think a lot that you know, maybe we just should have bought a new riding lawnmower and our lives would be easier. But the thing is that every repair we make, we now can diagnose the problem better in the future and we have the experience to fix it. So people will go and buy a course online and try and learn stuff through a screen, but really nothing is quite the same or quite as valuable as hands-on experience. So if you have something that's broken and you can give fixing it a try instead of replacing it, no matter how big or small, it's probably worth your while. Plus, if you're anything like me, it'll probably increase your attention span too. Number eight is going to be preserve food. So kind of going off of cooking in bulk, uh, learning to preserve food appropriately is a huge skill that was very important during the Great Depression era. And it is definitely kind of a lost art these days. So it can be in the form of canning or jarring. It can be in the form of just knowing what kind of environment certain ingredients need, like dried beans or flour or rice, knowing how to cure vegetables like onions and garlic and squash and potatoes. If you know how to preserve food, it could be in like a homesteading type scenario where you're preserving food very traditionally. But even if you're not into homesteading and you're just looking for ways to save money on your grocery bill, if you know the kind of environment that your food is supposed to be kept in, it's a lot less likely to go bad. And that is going to save a lot of money. I can't remember the exact statistic, but I know Americans waste a ton of food every year. So if you. So this is one that I really need to get into. 
so far we've been growing what we eat, but my goal this year, and again, last year I started the gardens late and uh, it's all trial and error this year. And we, we were successful. We grew enough to feed ourselves, but not enough to store. So this year we're trying to grow twice as much, maybe three times as much so that we can store things. But that means we actually have to carve out time to store them too. So a day for preserving, drying herbs, drying peppers. I have a whole bowl of peppers sitting on my counter right now that are half dried that I need to pop in the oven and the dehydrator and hot, hot peppers, right? I need to make some more three pepper seasoning, but preserving your food, stop throwing stuff away. And if you have chickens, you can feed them the leftovers. So preserve your food. You can reduce that waste just by knowing how to store food appropriately or knowing how to preserve food if you are into that, like I am. It's definitely a big learning curve, but it's a very lost art. And just think, people during the Great Depression were that much closer to generations that did this normally for their everyday life. So it wasn't as lost as it is now. So you can imagine if something crazy were to happen now, there's reason to believe that it would go a lot worse. Clearly, I think these are skills well worth reviving and learning ourselves. Number nine is a little obscure, but I thought it was worth saying. It's just to be content. So I love watching these interviews of people telling their stories during the Great Depression, and they say so often, they say, things were hard, but we were happy, or things were hard, but we had it good. I do believe that the more we have, we get into this mindset that we need more, we need more, right? It's just kind of the world we live in now. And I love hearing from these people that had so little and things were so hard, especially during the dust bowl, things were just dirty and nasty, but they still took care of what they had. They would get up and clean the house every day of inches of dust because they wanted to take care of what they had. And they really just had a mindset of contentment. So I do believe there's something to be said for mental fortitude and just looking at what you have and being grateful. I do know that gratitude is one of the biggest indicators of happiness, always something I can get better about myself. So I just didn't feel like this video would be complete if I didn't mention that this mindset in Great Depression era survivors is so prevalent that there was just a sense of gratitude and a sense of contentment. And I know that I and probably a lot of other people could use a big dose of that today. I have two more for you. Number 10 is going to be use homemade cleaning products. Cleaning products can be really expensive and they can also be really harsh. So a lot of times we end up buying very specific cleaning products when really we could be using much more natural and homemade ingredients. Things like baking soda and vinegar can go a long way in cleaning a lot of the things that people think they need very specialized products for. So not only can you save a lot of money by knowing how to utilize household cleaning products, but also it's just another skill that we seem to have lost these days, knowing how to clean things with baking soda, vinegar, lemon juice. Now I will say, be careful what you use some of these things on. I know that uh, I had kind of a bad experience with vinegar on some tile. It was black tile and didn't do great things for the finish. So maybe do a little research before you do it. Test things in a small inconspicuous area type thing. But one thing I'm trying to get better about myself is learning how to utilize these products instead of always going to the shelf and buying another bottle that who knows what's in it and later finding out that I didn't even need to buy it in the first place because I could have cleaned it with much simpler ingredients. Things like so I use, I make most of our cleaning products now. Um, vinegar will eat your grout. It will eat the finish off your tile. Be careful with vinegar. Use vinegar on stone and uh, 
that's fine. Like stone tile is fine. But if you have that, that glossy finish on your tile, don't use vinegar. Laundry detergent, I'm still pretty skeptical of because I know that they can be pretty hard on your um, machines if you know people try homemade stuff. So if you've tried homemade laundry detergent, I'd love to hear how it worked out for you. That's something I'm interested in, but definitely don't want to ruin my washing machine with. And I've been making homemade laundry detergent um, on my washing machine now for a year. It works great. I do also have it available for sale at electrofreedom.com if you don't want to try your hand at that to ruin your washer. Um, our laundry detergent works great. I've not had any issues. So, Finally, the last thing I'll mention is limiting energy use. This was so big during the Great Depression. I remember many of these people talking about how they would have to take turns getting dressed in the morning so that someone could stand in front of the one register that they would use. I remember people talking about it being so hot and they wouldn't even turn on a fan because energy was so expensive. I do know that energy is a lot cheaper now than it was then, but I still think a lot can be said for learning to conserve energy use. We've kind of gotten out of the habit of just opening up the windows because the thermostats are all automatic now. You can kind of set it and forget it. But lately I've been remembering more to just turn off the thermostat, open up the windows. Not only does it save money on energy now, but the more you can acclimate yourself to being outside to, you know, temperatures a few degrees warmer or a few degrees cooler than you would normally be comfortable with, it actually will help you over time. And eventually, as long as nothing's too extreme, you won't even notice a little difference like that anyway. I know for myself, I am very temperature sensitive person. So I've been seeing it kind of as knowing that it's good for me to be a few degrees warmer, be a few degrees cooler. And it is definitely good for me to get more fresh air inside the house. I was never against it, but I just realized I'd kind of gotten in the habit of forgetting to do it. So considering energy use can definitely go a long way, however that may look for you. So those are the things that I notice in these interviews. If you have Great Depression era tips or stories from people that you know, I would love to hear them below. I do think it might just be the most amazing generation and it saddens me that we are becoming more and more disconnected from them and their amazing knowledge. So please leave a comment below if you have any. Okay, so energy use. Mick and I have gotten into the habit recently, really since the freeze, where we turn off the system during the day. Um, we, like all day and all, all night, we start a fire at night. Now we have a great big hearth that warms up most of the house. Um, but other than that, and then when he gets up in the morning, he turns the heat on, it's on for about two, three hours. So turns it on at six and I generally turn it off right after the good book, nine, nine thirty. So we have the heat on for about three hours in the morning. Other than that, the system is off all day. Now come the summer when it's super hot, it might be a little different. But for now, that's working for us because after the electric bill over Christmas, we had to do something. So that's that's been rough. Um, we we've really been making an effort to uh, limit our energy usage as much as possible. Plus, like she said, you know your your body gets used to the different temperatures. I love having the windows open. I love you know airing the house out and. Uh, letting all the fresh air in. Plus, since we are running the hearth at night, the whole house kind of smells like a campfire. So, you know, it's good to air it out during the day. So we're working on that. Liam, however, does have a, a stand-up heater 
in his room, which doesn't take a whole lot of energy. And he runs that because he has a chicken in his room. So let's check on uh, Emmy, the injured chicken. This was her the other day. So I think Miss Emmy is over the worst of it here. I came in, she's walking around. Half her water is drunk. I've got to change her towel. Obviously she was pooping all night, but uh, she's, she's alert. She's moving around. She's talking, huh, pretty girl? How you doing? You feeling better? Hmm? You feeling better, Emmy girl? Let's change her towel, get you some fresh food. Yeah, all right. So Miss Emmy is still in Liam's room in the crate. I uh, just checked her. She's still, it's healing underneath. You know, she's got that big flap there. It's still a little raw. I just soaked it, coated it with antibiotic ointment. And that puncture wound up in there as well. She's eating. She's been drinking all her water every night. So uh, she's definitely feeling better compared to where she was a week ago. I mean, you can see how, how much better she is, but I don't think she's quite ready to go back outside yet. It's Thursday, I think. Yeah. So uh, she's not quite ready to go back out yet. Maybe by Saturday, we'll see. Last thing I want is for her to get an infection after we've just gotten her through an infection. So, but she's certainly feeling a lot better. So I asked Emmy girl if she wanted to go outside with her friends, not for the whole afternoon, not for the whole day even, certainly not for the night, but for a little bit. And as soon as I brought her outside, she squawked and screamed and flew out of my arms and came back up on the top of the steps and asked to go back in, so. She's not ready to go out yet. Although she looks like she's about to go out on the pool deck here. So, I guess she's gonna be in Liam's room for a little bit longer yet. Turning herself into a house chicken. What you doing, Emmy girl? Hmm? Where are you going, Emmy girl? Yep. I mean, that door is open. She could go out right now. Nope. She doesn't want to. She's good being inside. What do you want to bet she's about to go back into her cage? Yep, there she goes. All right, Emmy girl. You eat your breakfast there, and we'll see you later. Her breakfast is literally leftovers. So now we have a house chicken. Liam is not thrilled, primarily because the dogs. He's used to having his door open. Now he has to have his door closed. Um, but yes, the, the veteran helped a lot. Again, hold on. This audio is off once again. 
from one to the other. Let's see. There we go. All right. So, yeah, Emmy's doing much better. And uh, like I said, we did have one cooking with Liam. Making iced tea, which was too strong because I followed the advice of someone else instead of doing it how I've always done it. But that's okay. You live and you learn. So here we go. All right. Welcome back to Cooking with Liam. We're going to make iced tea today, right? So we have a gallon of distilled water. Okay? Yes. Our simple syrup. This is actually orange simple Again. syrup because I used it to make the candied orange peels. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make kind of orange flavored iced tea. It's good stuff. So, and then grab that small canister over there. Carefully, go around the other side and get it. Hmm? Yes. Orange iced tea. Nope, orange iced tea. It's good stuff. So, one cup of simple syrup, okay? Going in, we're gonna warm it up first. So first we're gonna warm up the simple syrup. Don't be worried. I don't drink this stuff. This is all for my family. That's fine. Same for me. I'll drink it, okay? I don't drink it. Now, we want, we actually have cold brew tea bags, but we don't need that. We just want regular tea bags. Ah, we have iced tea tea bags. That's what we're gonna use. Okay. Okay. So one works. iced tea tea bag. So basically, instead of using six tea bags, you just use. We should hundred percent put recipes in like descriptions. Mm-hmm. I will. Idea. I'm gonna post them individually and put recipes in there. Okay. So the simple syrup is heating up. Hold that. Uh, one iced tea bag makes two quarts. We're doing a gallon, so we need two iced tea bags, okay? You can see the steam coming up off our simple syrup. So that is starting to heat up. Correct, four quarts and a gallon. We're gonna pour in our gallon of distilled water, Liam. Go for it, pour it on in. The whole thing. This is a lot of uh -huh. Careful. There we go. All right. Two tea bags from there. That's it. Two right there. One, two. They smell like crap. Drop them in. They smell like tea. And then. It takes you like five seconds, guys. Yeah, we're going to let it boil. Right? Yeah. We're gonna stir up the simple syrup here in the water. We're going to let the tea bags boil. And then what, let's throw a third in there because I like my tea strong. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm gonna put four tea bags in for a gallon. A gallon? Yeah. Well, these are iced tea tea bags, so yeah, they're not ready. Okay, because we're putting four in for a late. gallon. Too late. All right, too late. Now we've got four. So we're gonna cover this, bring it to a boil, and then let it simmer for a little bit, and then cool it. Take the tea bags out. 
put it in a nice tea jug. Yeah. All right. All right, our iced tea is boiling. I'm gonna throw some honey in here too. Because why not? There we go. A little bit more. I don't want to use it all. I need to save it for mixed tea. That should do it. All right. So still almost boiling. Right about there. It's close enough. I'm gonna turn it down to low. Let it steep for about five minutes with the cover on. Then we'll turn it off and let it cool and then we'll strain it into a container. It's all done. Iced tea is really easy. Four tea bags was too, too much. It was, it was strong. They were not big fans. So yes, Mick was bitching in the background there. Um, maybe he'll come join us real quick. We're a little early, but I'm trying to get this one to under two hours since the good book went so late this morning that I can't automatically replay that one, but I can automatically replay this tonight if I can keep it under two hours. So, hey, babe, you want to smoke? Right yeah, right now. I, uh, never mind. I mean, I'm smoking if you want to join me. I am. I am a huge pain in his ass and he knows this. I know. You don't have to join me. It's all good. Nope, not that. But you don't have to join me. It's okay. I'll just close the door. <laughs> hey, will you come close that door then? <laughs> oh, now Mick can be in the foreground bitching. I said, Jeff said Mick's in the background bitching. You're bitching about the iced tea. I said, now Mick can be in the foreground bitching. No, I wasn't in the background bitching about anything. When we were making the iced tea show, you were. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. See how that goes? Hmm. Okay. He's apparently getting his drink because I can hear him breaking up the ice in there. So we'll wait for him because he's going to come join us here in a second. So... So don't forget, go to electrofreedom.com, spend $50, add a 12 pack of 12 inch, I'm sorry, a six pack of 12 inch green thumbs to your cart. Use promo code LEAP at checkout and get those for free for your seedlings. Get six antennas for free when you save, when you spend $50 at electrofreedom.com with promo code LEAP for February. LEAP. It's a leap year. Sounds gay. That's fine. We've already started planting. We got all kinds of ideas for the next garden and how to get this garden done. Um, well, I'm going to put leaf mulch over the top of it to keep it warm because we have a couple freezing nights coming up again. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yep. You want to get hot? That's what it sounds like to me. Yes. Oh, you name this one cycles, babe? Yes. Cycles. Cycles. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Recycling. Yeah, it's the start of a new gardening cycle. Mm-hmm. Got to get everything uh, ready to go. Sure. Planting now. It's important. You want to eat, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. I, exactly. You need to eat. Exactly. Another roofer. What Anyhow. the f- I don't know. Anyhow. I swear these guys are pulling up a racket. Yep. That a girl, Mick. Fuck <laughs> you, Jeff. <sighs> Dick. Fine, do it your damn self. I will when you don't even light it. Uh-huh. It was burning. I could see it. Your mom was burning. <laughs> she doesn't do that. I wish. It's the ultimate comeback for everything. Her mom. Your mom. <laughs> Shit, when you can tell your boss, your mom, that's pretty cool. Well, at least you didn't quit today. No, it's only me. Well, then, couldn't quit today. He was bitching last night. I'm going to quit this fucking job. I got 10 jobs tomorrow. Fuck this shit. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the, well, I'm the only... Tell me something. I know. When you're the only guy on Saturdays, and you've been on Saturdays for the last six years, okay? And literally the last year, and most I've ever had was like three appointments on a Saturday. And then you, you say, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And you say, I'm not doing Saturdays anymore. Somebody else can take it. And then they come up with this system where they cycle through everybody on Saturdays until the one guy is going to take it in the summer. We'll take it all the way over in the summer. But now that they cycle through last five Saturdays, which I haven't worked because I made them do it. They had maybe one appointment, two appointments per Saturday. The one Saturday I fucking work, I have 10 appointments. Everybody loves the Mick. They just want the the pleasure of his company. Obviously. Oh, that was really funny though today. So I'm sitting there welding, fixing this commercial door. Well, the tracks at least. And I was welding the tracks. And I was on my, I was on a pad. I had a pad on my knees, underneath my knees. I'm sitting there and I'm welding, sitting there, and I striking my, trying to get my stick to tick. And as I did, it, it fired up, and I went and pulled it away. And it slung this the slag off the end of the stick because you know if you if you got your power juiced up too much, you'll you'll melt that stick pretty fucking quick. Well, I did, and I went and fucking flicked it. When I flicked it, the slag went flying across the room, landed in this dude's blanket. Uh oh, started burning. Uh oh, and I was like, oh shit! It like got smoky in the room. I was like, oh fuck! What the fuck's going on? I looked around. I was like, oh shit! Blanket's on fire. Pulled that shit out. Stopped it out. He's like, oh, what the fuck's going on? He came out. He's like, there's like smoke in the garage. He's like, what's going on? I was just like, yeah, had a little bit of a fire. I was trying to weld your tracks back together. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's like, not a big deal. Then he started laughing. He goes, hey, really? Don't worry about it. That was my ex-wife's like favorite blanket. (laughs) Okay. I started laughing. Yeah. I said, you got to love exes. All right. So, 
I'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. for the good book so that we can sleep in a little bit. I will not. No, you will not. 8.45 this morning, I opened my eyes and I was like, oh, shit. I asked, you set an alarm. I did. Would you snooze it? I turned it off in my sleep. I was like, shut up, Alexa. I heard the alarm. I, I heard know. you set the alarm. I was I like, yeah, fuck you. Then. Yep. I know it. And, uh, yep. Nope. Didn't happen, but I made it to the good book on time. It was fine. And look, this, this keeps doing this. I have to, I stop the camera and then I bring it back. I wait a little bit and there we go. Cause our, the audio is like not catching up with the video. What else do you have on? Nothing. Well, I have all the other, these open. Yeah. Shut those down. (sighs) It's all the stuff we've had. Yeah. Well, we'll just reopen it. I know. Well, it doesn't matter. We'll go through it. Yeah, we're about the end of the show anyway. So because you got too much open, yeah. and there's some stuff that I need for tomorrow. We got to shut the computer down. I did that. I shut the whole thing down. I shut the internet down. Both of them. Reset the whole thing. And it's still fucking up. Yep. So I have hmm. too much open. That's all. But uh, that's okay. So I'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. for the good book, and then we'll be back tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. for True Spiracy, 1:45 for the pre-show. 2 p.m. for the start of the regular show. And uh, yeah, that's it. So I hope you all have a wonderful day. Get to growing. Don't forget, if you need seeds, you can go to survival-essentials.com. Save 10% with promo code DEFIANT. If you would like to magnetize your water, freedomplantsurge.com saves you 10% automatically. And then, of course, you want to make your plants grow twice as fast and up to five times bigger. Right now, electrofreedom.com, spend $50, add a six-pack of 12-inch green thumbs to your cart, use promo code LEAP at checkout, and get that six-pack for free. Start your seedlings. So that's it for me. And Mick? Yeah, I'm not, not really he's here. He's not really here, so he doesn't me. count. Exactly. These are not the droids you're looking for. Will you release the scratch? Did people since you're here there contribute? I don't know. Why didn't you? Why don't you normally do this? You should normally. I normally do, do on a Saturday, but since you're sitting there, you can do it. Oh, well, aren't you punk? Well, nobody contributed. All right. Well, so then never mind. I, there's no scratch to release. Okay. Oh, well. I mean, I can try it. I don't know if anybody will win anything from it. All right. Well, we'll try it. Oh, I gotta. We gotta donate to Lyanna. Okay. Oh yeah. We get a lot. We're getting to that point. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. Well then. Thanks, y'all, for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. Get to growing. Have a great day. Later, fuckers. I don't want to act too high and mighty Cause tomorrow I may fall down on my face Lord, thank you for sunshine Thank you for rain Thank you for joy Thank you for pain It's a beautiful day It's a beautiful day